0: episode number 27 of the sin essential podcast my name is john gilpatrick we're all back together it's 2018 gang aaron pinkston sarah gore how you guys doing
1: who would like to guess how many hours of sleep i'm operating on uh spoiler it's, alert uh, it's, yeah. it's 40 it's three oh, okay Sorry. i went the
2: other way with it i'm
1: dying. And this, <laughs> this podcast this is a record of my mental decline.
2: So you're so you're saying that and I 2018, to, is, I'm so you're saying 2018 is a is on the up and up from 2017. That's what you're saying.
1: Yes. <laughs> I also lost my voice last night screaming at a man in a bar because he tried to mansplain to me why Wonder Woman was sexist. And I was like, you need to shut the fuck up is what you need to do. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe uh, we'll get to it on this podcast and you yeah. can uh, direct it towards it.
1: Yeah.
0: Aaron, how many anyway. hours are you operating under? Uh, well, I
2: haven't been sleeping for about 10 hours, so... Uh,
0: well, it is the
2: evening, so I, I think that's but okay. <laughs> 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 but but I'm but I, yeah. I sleeping okay. I sleep my, my wife has been out of town the last few days, so I've had the bed to myself, which... Uh, is you know, it can be good. Yes. Spread out a little bit. All right, it's a little nice. <laughs>
0: uh, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> sleep that was going nowhere. We're <laughs> not aside. Uh, we are all back together. And uh, if you've poked around the site in the last few days, you might notice some changes. Before we get to our podcast this week, which is going to look back on the year uh, in cinema that was twenty seventeen. Aaron, why don't you tell the wonderful listeners a little bit about what we're going to be doing this year and why it's different than mm. we've been doing. Sure.
2: Um, yeah, so you may, if you've been to our, our, a loyal fan of our website and our podcast, you would know that uh, we worked with a, a film of the week most weeks. We took some weeks off for, for some personal sanity reasons, but uh, we would look at one specific film over the course of a week, which I think was fun. And I think we got a lot out of that format, but may have been at least personally for me uh, a little on the ambitious side. Uh, and uh sort of decided to to go into a new direction. It may be a little less uh, formal, but uh, still want to write about film, talk about film, have uh, good conversations about film. And and I think over the the course of the year and a half that we've been on the site, we've had a lot of uh, good writers come through and contribute. And I, I still wanted to make sure that everybody had the chance to talk about things that they love so uh, going forward at least for for now we're we're uh, going to basically be a little bit more freeform in, in the types of things that we're talking about uh all of the writers that you've been reading on the site will have their own space to to talk about things that they've been seeing lately they can uh you might see some different uh uh, deep dives into certain filmographies or genres or what have you. Some of the things that you may have already been used to seeing on, on the site. Um, for example, one thing that I'm going to be doing uh, for, uh, and have already started doing, you can see the first post on it on the site is I've gone back to the beginning of the information age of Box Office Mojo and their <laughs> weekly number ones, which is the random year of 1982. Uh, it was a little easier for me to just kind of start at the beginning instead of trying to pick what year was best. So I just started with 1982. And on a weekly basis, I'm, I'm going to talk about the films that were number one at the box office and kind of think of them in sort of a the cultural aspect of why they were number one. Is it surprising that film was number one? Is it totally in line with the uh, the tastes and trends of American filmgoers? Uh, and the first one I have up there now is, is Time Bandits, which uh, is an awesome film if you've ever seen it. Uh, by Terry Gilliam from Monte Python in Brazil and a number of other awesome things. So that was fun to write. And going forward, I'm I'm going to be uh, filling out that through the year. Uh, luckily for me, ET was number one at the box office, basically half of the year. So uh, I don't, I, I'll, I'll come back to it sporadically throughout the year, but yeah, um, Yeah, I don't know. And I know Sarah and John have some interesting things that they uh, will have going forward, as well as some of the other writers. So um, I think it'll be fun. It'll give us a little bit more freedom to to write about what we want and sort of individually maybe continue some of the uh, more formal projects that that we're interested in. Uh, And we'll uh, we'll have even probably more up on the site. So that that's a good thing, too.
0: Yeah, interesting is a bit of a stretch, at least as far as I'm concerned. But I will definitely have things on the site, so uh, <laughs> so that's <good. laughs> yeah. Uh, no, got for, three for sure.
1: Good ideas in the, in the nog, and then who knows?
0: Yeah. There That'll you go. I'm excited about
2: it. Um, there, there are no really bounds to the limits of a Sarah's imagination. That we'll go to <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's three.
0: It's yeah. Beautiful. It's just three. Beautiful. Uh, cool. All right. And uh, with that, uh, we'll be some changes to the podcast that still need to be defined. But, uh, but
1: not our weekly feature. John,
0: have you seen
1: Beauty
2: and the Beast? <laughs> no, I have not. But that concludes I our think... weekly feature. of Has John seen Beauty and the Beast? Maybe that'll <laughs> just be the podcast.
0: That'll that'll be. Uh, we'll just, just check in every a <laughs> I do think the number
1: one thirty second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so sure.
0: Uh, 2018 will be the year of beauty and the beast i I feel (laughs) deep down in my bones but uh you know (laughs) that was gonna be 2016 (laughs) um so yeah uh like i said some changes to the podcast maybe it'll be 30 seconds uh check every (laughs) week but if not uh hopefully we come up with something better And uh, in the meantime, our first episode of the new era of The Sin Essential is going to be uh, our respective top ten lists of 2017, which we have not shared with each other. Uh, So I am excited to find out what you guys liked as well as to share my harebrained picks. Uh, Before we (laughs) get to it, Sarah, I'm going to go over to you. What was sort of your general take on the movies of 2017?
1: Uh, It was about what it is. I think every year, honestly, which is that I read a bunch of stuff with a bunch of people complaining about how all movies are terrible now, and then I watch like so a much bunch better. of really good movies.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty happy with it. I don't, I didn't see nearly as many things as I felt like I did, but whatever.
0: But you found ten that you enjoyed at least.
1: Oh yeah, I actually had I had a whole twelve.
0: Wow, very good, okay. Um,
1: and then I had cut to cut two, and then I, I divided into uh, the best, the worst, and the rest, and so the rest is all stuff that's sort of solidly in the middle. Yeah. And then at the end, I will be very excited to talk about the two movies that I straight up hated.
0: I'm really excited. Actually, I'm more excited for that than I am to hear your top ten list, but uh, yeah. we'll get there. Aaron, uh, Bird's Eye View on 2017, what what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm with Sarah. I, I feel like that's always kind of the, um,
2: throughout the year until the end of the year, I feel like that's, like, the, the major theme that everybody seems to think, and and usually it's not all that bad. Um, I will say, in terms of my top ten list, I, I, I kind of had a... Not a hard time putting it together I mean I feel like there were enough There were definitely enough Great films over the course of the year That I feel like I can put together a pretty strong Top 10 But I don't know Putting together a top 10 list Is always like Sort of a a difficult chore Because it kind of is meaningless (laughs) In a lot of ways I mean I always like Fret over like Okay, what's my number seven versus what's my number eight? And like, there's like really, there's like really no difference. Um, I'll also say that in in a lot of years, what I feel like happens with me when I put together a top ten is there'll be a couple of films that are at the top and feel very uh, secure in their space. Like usually, there's one like my top like three or like films that. OK, these I, I I have a good delineation between my number one to two to three. And like these three films definitely stand over the pack of everything else that I've seen this year. But I feel like this year in particular in it, I feel like it was a little bit last year, too. There's more of a fluidity, I feel, in my top 10 list. I feel like there was a lot of things that were good, like really good movies but I don't know if there was anything in particular that really stood out in the pack to me. Um, Mm -hmm. so when I, when I think back to like a couple like years in the past and I look at the top of those lists, like, I feel like in most years, like before probably last year, like 2010 to 2015, like the number one film that, that I had that year would, would probably be the number one film in 2017 for me. Um, But I feel like maybe like the number like 25 movie on my 27 list would like rank higher in a lot of years. So if that makes sense, um, I guess it's all just to say that don't take (laughs) anything into the actual number of (laughs) where things land on my top 10 list. It could I mean, it could be like. You could totally, like, shuffle them up in a randomizer, and I would probably be cool with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, That's usually the case for me, too. The only thing I'd say about 2017 that hasn't been said is that I feel like I was way more negligent in my movie going than I normally am, and um, I've I've seen a lot less. And I don't know if that's a product of, of the movies themselves. Like, if I was just less inspired to go to the movies, I think that that's part of it. But I also think that, like... I just I just didn't get there, like I should have, uh, and I regret it in some case, but I mean, I'll catch up with things. but this list like is probably the weakest top ten list I've put together since I've been doing this, mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot of that is just I haven't seen a lot of the really supposedly good movies. I haven't seen Lady Bird. I haven't seen Call Me by Your Name, I haven't seen Phantom Thread, I haven't seen the Florida Project, like, yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff that is you know uh, landing on people's lists. That you know might end up with a lot of Oscar nominations in a few weeks. Like I just haven't caught up with yet, so I need to do that. But get a movie pass. I, I have a movie pass now. It's just the <laughs> movies need to open here.
2: <laughs> ah, that's it. Okay. Uh, um, you guys want to? Before we dive in, do you want to play a fun little game? Okay. Okay. So this will be like a who's closer to. I want you each to guess, um, of the 1,025 movies that were theatrically released in New York City this year, uh, how many did I see? Oh, my! Not just in theaters, but in theater or on DVD or on wherever, but how many have I seen? A
0: lot. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say... No, not that high. I'm going to say 206. Okay. Sarah, what's your actual guess? A
1: thousand.
0: Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> if this represses right, I guess Sean wins uh, for not ah, beans. <laughs> 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 uh, It's uh, looking at my letterbox uh, 301. God. I
1: saw like 25 movies total.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought like Or 60. well
1: actually I think it might be like fifty. I, I think it was somewhere between where I was like I was watching a movie on average about once a week every other week, something like that. You and I was see, like, you see oh, that's pretty good.
2: You see, Sarah, <laughs> the, the difference between you and me is I have no life.
1: Yeah. I think you also watch stuff on your laptop sometimes.
2: Uh Rarely. Oh, rarely, I actually. On my oh,
1: it's my other movie friend who watches like 9 million movies. He watches every half things on his laptop, and I'm like, I can't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: gotta be on the TV or nothing.
2: Um, yeah, I, rarely on my laptop, only in like certain circumstances, and if I have like a times. link. Or if like I have a link to watch something and don't have a physical copy or streaming copy of it. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway. So Aaron's that was list funny. should be taken significantly more seriously than Sarah's or or mine? No, uh,
2: well, serious. no, because of those three hundred and one, probably two hundred are pretty awful. So that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: usually. Uh, all right. So it's what we're do more on our, the lower our bottom, <laughs>
2: our bottom,
1: half of our top top ten
0: list. Yeah. So we're yeah, going to do. Uh, we're going to just kind of rattle off our six to ten, and then we'll jump a little bit more in depth into each of our respective top five. So Sarah, I'm going to let you go first. Tell us what your uh, ten. Starting at ten through number six are.
1: Okay, I my mean number ten. Going backwards. Uh, ten is Thor Ragnarok. Nine is Logan. Eight's the Disaster Artist. Seven is I Tanya, and six is Wonder Woman.
0: Okay, superhero. So you
2: love superhero movies? Is what I'm you
1: see a lot of them <laughs> see a lot of them
0: i thought that 2017 uh, also, was a really good year for superhero movies personally
1: uh logan was just like a really good movie like in general mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. outside of superhero convention and i appreciated that and, we'll, get there. Uh, we'll get there. yeah thor thor is a beautiful beautiful child of taika waititi's brain and it's uh run rampant With anti-colonialist themes, and I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Aaron, your 10 through 6. All right, so my number
2: 10 is the French uh, cannibal vet school movie, Raw. My number 9 is... I guess, in terms of what I've seen, the the best of many films this year that had to do with ghosts. Uh, Oliver, uh, sorry, Olivier Assayas's *Personal Shopper*. Uh, my number eight is another French movie. Good, mo- uh, good year for France, I guess. Uh, BPM beats per minute, which is about uh, the AIDS activist group that ACT UP in the Paris branch. Uh, My number seven is uh, one of the most successful anime movies ever. It came out in Japan last year, but didn't come to the U.S. totally this year called Your Name. And my number six is actually a movie I just saw yesterday. So I'm (laughs) still kind of putting it through my brain Mm. and I know it deserves to be on my top 10 list, but I don't exactly know where Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's newest film, Phantom Thread, which uh, is great and beautiful and has probably the best ending in a movie this year.
0: Okay. I haven't seen (laughs) it. You should. I intend to, I love (laughs) PTA. It's my favorite director. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out uh, My 10 through 6 uh, My number 10 is I, Tanya, Which Sarah already mentioned um, My number 9 is uh, Wonderstruck, the Todd Haynes film Which is uh, Yeah <laughs> Continue <laughs> uh, My number 8 is Star Wars The Last Jedi Which I just had a ball with My number 7 is Good Time by the Safety Brothers, starring Robert Pattinson. And my number six is The Post, the Steven Spielberg journalism movie that the world needs right now. Um, yeah. Uh, t- uh, Sarah. I want to see
1: Good Time so bad.
0: <laughs> I, time. Just, I
1: just saw the trailer for it for the day. And-
2: is it a it's good great. time? Is it really a good time? <laughs> uh,
0: no, yeah. actually, it's probably not.
1: <laughs> I'm also pumped uh, because judging by Aaron's bottom half of his list, I'm like probably not going to know any of his movies in his top five because I was like, oh, yeah, you actually make the effort to see things that aren't just in English, like my lazy ass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I yeah, on it does.
1: Purpose, But it just it happened. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's always, yeah. always the movies where I'm like, I got to go see that. And then I just.
2: it sort of just worked (laughs) out that way i didn't even intend to have basically all foreign films at the, the bottom of my list um i don't know uh and I, I'm assuming, so none of you have seen any, any of those movies I rattled off? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't
1: think so. I
2: already forgot some of them. Yeah, I forgot some of them, I'm trying to remember. They're, like, not that esoteric. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good, crowd-pleasing movies for the most I part. Maybe not I just personal shopper. Yeah, you should You should watch that. Actually, um, I think I after I saw it... I tweeted at you about it. I think you did. That was like a month re- ago. <laughs> yeah, it re- it reminded me a lot of Reds in certain oh. in certain uh, in certain ways that I think you'll like because yeah, it's there's a um, I wouldn't say half of the movie, but but there are significant chunks of the movie where it's it's pretty much just uh, filming of the act up, like their um membership meetings. and it's it's a lot of like people disagreeing about the way they should politically uh, attack some of their issues. and And so it uh, uh, yeah, so there you know some of the in like the second half of Reds, you have a lot of the- Mr. Yeah, yeah. You have some of the socialist communist uh, board meetings and whatever, and they, you know, it's all about the the political dynamics between them. There, there's a little bit in that. I don't know if anyone else would have uh, thought of Reds while watching BPN, uh, but uh, I guess because we we had re- so recently seen that movie and talked about it, that that it struck me in that way. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend BPM right, uh, to you, John,
0: Sarah, uh, meh. <laughs> Sarah, May, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: Sarah, why don't you get us started now with our top fives and share with us your number five.
1: Uh, my number five is also a movie that I just saw. Uh, it was Aaron's number six. It was Phantom Thread. Oh, how
0: nice. cool.
2: Phantom we
1: can talk about, about it a little, little bit more. Yeah. I'm so excited about that because I, I'm also a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I really enjoyed Inherent Vice, but it didn't really go much beyond that. Um, And then I I think I liked The Master. I only saw it once in the theaters when it came out. And I remember being like, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, I don't know if he's ever made like a shitty movie. So like his worst movie is still better than most people's (laughs) movies. But I I wasn't like dying to rewatch it. But Phantom Thread, I would see it again tomorrow. Uh, I've already offered to go with like three other people. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh my god, I really liked it. I really really liked it. Um, I don't know. I don't want I'm a little worried to talk too much about it because there's some really there's some stuff that's really great to discover about it just through yeah, watching it. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah, please um, let me, let me. <laughs> I I believe it was um, well, I'm sure he's a big fan of the podcast, so I'd hate to to offend him. I think it was Nathan Raven tweeted an article <laughs> where the fucking title is a goddamn spoiler i was like are you shitting me like i wanted to punch my computer apart oh, no. i was so mad i was so <laughs> mad uh, and i because to... I don't want to ruin anything for john but just know that i i was really really happy with this movie and i wanted to like cut it apart and crawl inside and live in it, it uh
2: really to bad. that end sarah did do you agree with me when i said that has one of the best endings of any but, film of yeah, the year it does yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, it's in great. such a such a strange way because it's not like a big gesture, or like a major moment, but uh, it really toys with you. I think in the second half of the film, and uh, uh, yeah, I think um, personally, I mean, obviously, you have two of the best performances performances of the year. Uh, with our main man, Daniel Day-Lewis, obviously is great. Um, but I think Vicky Creeps, uh, who plays his uh, muse in the movie, I think is uh, maybe my favorite female performance of the year. Uh, it's it's, wow. it's way up there. Yeah, she's she's good. It, 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 I've heard creps, I've heard creeps, I've heard both. So um, I'm I not a linguist like expert. Better. Yeah, no. I, well, I, I've heard from people who speak who know german and they say the ie would be pronounced like an e so yeah. um that's creeps but uh either way we don't need to get hung up in it but yeah it might be just like some of the uh, always seems to happen to me like when i see a great performance from someone I don't know or have never really seen in anything that kind of heightens it a little even more so um maybe that's why I feel so attracted to her performance even in a film that has Daniel Day-Lewis in I guess his last movie but we'll see um but yeah no it's 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 a good one
1: let's keep it rolling and kick it kick it to you Aaron what's your what's your
2: number five All right, my number five is a film that is uh, very similar to uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, That is Brigsby Bear.
1: Oh, I wanted to see that. I missed it and I was so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: So I've been one of the people who still watch Saturday Night Live for some reason. Uh, I guess one of those reasons would be my favorite current cast member, Kyle Mooney, who is his like brand of comedy is like exactly what hits me. Uh, Just this kind of like awkward, weird, like very earnest, but totally like off-putting kind of humor just really works for me. So I was very excited to see Brigsby Bear and I'm very excited to see it again. I think the best thing about it, and I don't want to say a lot about what it is, because I assume a lot of people still haven't seen it. And there are some surprises even early on in the film as to what the film actually is. Um, But I will say that it's a plot that could be just completely tongue in cheek, like completely Sort of the the anti comedy thread from like uh, like uh, the the Adult Swim kind of Tim and Eric sort of thing where it's it's really trying to like it's trying to be funny in a weird way but it's trying to like legitimately like piss you off or like try to make you like try to antagonize you and it's not that at all it's it's actually like it's almost more of a drama than it is a comedy. I mean, it's, it's, it's more, it's like I said, I, I, I said, i, I said their word earnest before. And, and that's, that's really what it is. I mean, it's, it's such an earnest movie. It's, uh, a a really great earnest performance from Kyle Mooney in the leading role. Uh, he's certainly not like a leading man type. So a film's kind of got to be this, this sort of, uh, unique for him (laughs) to really star in it. But it also has a really good supporting cast around him too. Uh, Mark Hamill, who gives, uh, two great performances this year, not just in star Wars, but also in Brigsby bear. um, Greg Kinnear, Matt Walsh. There's a lot of uh, good actors you've seen um, in sort of indie comedies that uh, bring a lot uh, to this. Just really wonderful, like touching. Like one of the only movies this year that really just kind of hit me on an emotional level. Um, And yeah, you wouldn't expect it to, no, uh, based on on what you would think going in. So it was it was definitely a surprise and. Uh, a really
0: so, fun, great movie.
1: John, your turn.
0: My number five is uh, The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's latest. Anybody going to be talking about this later on? Potentially? I haven't seen it still. <laughs> oh, okay. It uh, didn't make my top ten. Um,
2: it probably would be like in my top 25, I yeah. think. Well, out of 300,
0: that's pretty good. Um,
1: <laughs> if I saw it, it would definitely be in my top twenty-five because that's how many
0: movies I would have seen. <laughs> uh, so I thought this was a great movie. I love Guillermo del Toro. Um, I thought that uh, *Crimson Peak* was it was his last film that was like not my favorite of his, but it was still really interesting. This mm-hmm. one, like, definitely harkens back to *Pan's Labyrinth*, which was the film that kind of introduced me to him and sort of remains my favorite del toro film and um it's kind of funny that it ended up being uh one spot ahead of the post on my list and i don't know if i did it deliberately i don't think i did but um when i was watching this i just kept thinking like oh it feels like del toro is like stealing that mantle away from spielberg of like just such a playful like smart director who's making these heartwarming films that maybe don't seem like that on the surface and the way he plays with light really reminded me of Spielberg, and um, I just thought it was a lovely movie. And, and the first time I watched it, I was a little bit like flummoxed by some of the sort of like Cold War thrillery things about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, it kind of all clicked into place when I watched it again. It's definitely hung around for me. Um, it's just kind of in my memory, like getting better with age, and um, I'm excited to see it again. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is one that I feel like if I saw it in a
2: theater, I would have appreciated it more, uh, especially for some of the the more beautiful technical aspects of it. Yeah. Um, it's also a film that, unfortunately, like I think that the trailer just kind of gave away too much. I and heard you so, talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw it, like I just I didn't feel surprised by it. That I wish I had been. Yeah, Um, and that kind of held me back from it. But um,
0: yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Excellent. Um, Sarah, number four.
1: Uh, My number four is the Little Hours. Uh, Okay. I loved that movie. I haven't laughed so hard at anything. I mean, I don't even know how long. And also, so my background's in English, which means I've spent a good deal of time reading a lot of the medieval texts that this movie was directly referencing and, like, the style of it. It's like, I've never seen something full of so many fucking dumb dick jokes and, like, poop (laughs) jokes and turtle jokes, which, if you've seen it, that joke is very good. I love the turtle. Um, But at the same time being like this person so clearly knows the historical context for this. They so clearly know exactly what they're referencing. They know like they know how these stories play out. They know how these were written. They know how this works. Like this feels like somebody who knows exactly what they're doing and knew exactly how to make this funny for today. Like the fact that they don't even try to do some sort of weird like we're in the olden times so everyone has a british accent for some reason. Where he's like, "This would have been written in, you know, a colloquial dialect. So let's have everybody speak colloquially, normally, and leave mm-hmm. it there." But anyway, mm-hmm. I loved it, and I've told everyone to see it. Pretty much. Okay. All year.
0: Well, I haven't seen it, so I'll take that as a note and put it on my list. Yeah, that's uh, that. There's one that
2: I haven't seen. So there you oh go. My God, wow, guys, that's it's amazing. So <laughs> funny, and I'm okay. so excited okay. to have
1: a movie that's funny in my top five. <laughs> Because I feel like that doesn't always happen. It doesn't
0: usually happen, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um cool. All right. Uh Aaron, Let's, number four. Yeah. So number four is the one
2: documentary that I have on my list. Uh it is called The Work. I knew you were gonna it's say that. Directed by Jarris McCreer uh McCleary. Uh if you don't know what this movie is, it is uh, set at the new Folsom prison where they have a program where I think it's twice a year. They invite some people from out outside of the prison for a group therapy session with some of the inmates. Um, and man, there's just so much in this movie that just like really, just really hit me hard. Um, Uh, one of the most interesting things I think you see in it is, so you see, you see a couple of different profiles of these men who come in and they all have sort of similar problems. And, and personally, one of the reasons why this, this film affected me so much is, is I see a lot of my own, you know, personal history and trauma and, and to what these guys are dealing with. And, and a a big thing um, throughout the film is, is, they, so they they sign up for this program because they kind of want to they kind of want to get at their problems they kind of want to feel you know feel something but they're 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 all sort of in in one way or another really unwilling to really face their problems so they're they're kind of really jumping on into the deep end uh, through going to through this program and and I think one of the really interesting things is you see some of the the inmates who really kind of act as uh, sort of the leaders uh, of, of these groups um, some of them have been participating in the program for many years uh, and then I mean these are people who are murderers and rapists and the worst of the worst. Um, but you see them sort of working on these issues with people who haven't committed these crimes, but in one way or another, there's something sort of missing in, in their lives. I mean, it's very heavy. And one theme that I, I always kind of, the one thing that, that you see in a lot of movies that always kind of is iffy with me is just kind of like, let's talk about masculinity, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, it really works here. Uh, and then there's a lot of, man, there's just so, so many harrowing moments, experiences, uh, like just so much raw emotion going on. It's, it's definitely not a perfect film in terms of how it sets up and, and the people and, and how it there, there's a lot of, you feel there's definitely a lot of context, that's not in the movie that you kind of just have to, to roll with it. But, um, in terms of just a film that personally hit me on a level that no film did this year, uh, it's just a
0: really powerful experience. It's really hardcore. Yeah. You saw this one, John. It was my favorite documentary of the year, probably like 11 or 12 or 13 on my list. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's outstanding. And, uh, I don't know where people can watch it if they can right now, but seek it out if it's if it's available to you. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. mine number four is Logan, which Sarah already mentioned. Uh, I thought it was a very good year for superhero films. I, I thought Wonder Woman was very good. Thor Ragnarok was very good. I was not Spider-Man. Cr- crazy about Spider Man, um, but I'm I liked of Guardians of, of the Galaxy Volume Two pretty well. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um <laughs> and uh, Logan though was the first that I saw and was definitely the best and I just love the thing I love most about Logan was how like, like superficially it's like a pretty low stakes film where like the plot is basically like will we get to North Dakota in time um, but mm-hmm. it feels like the most high stakes most important superhero film like ever created which I thought was pretty remarkable and is a testament to the actors and um, and the screenwriters and and James Mangold the director um, really just lo- like there's so many scenes that like were really high stakes uh, sort of action uh, you know really intense fighting and violence um, but then like some of the stuff with uh, Professor X like uh, just reminiscing about life was really touching and beautiful and it was. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it was so not like what I expected, and I've found myself introducing it to people that I wouldn't have expected to. Like, mm-hmm. oh, do you want to watch the new X Men movie? It's like, no, of course I don't. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> but really, really you do. Like, trust me. And they'd be like, oh my god, yeah, you're totally right. So that was a that was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you uh, felt fondly towards it, Sarah, and that people seem to be remembering it at this time of year because. It came out in March, and again, it is a superhero movie. I think it's worth it. Although, Uh
1: sadly, so I did a really uh, shit job of actually keeping track of everything I watched this year. Because as I was looking at my list, I was like, I forgot I saw Dunkirk. I (laughs) loved Dunkirk. So I was like, I think I'm going to have to boot Logan off that list and put Dunkirk in its (laughs) place.
0: Definitely don't do that. <laughs> <a long distance. laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah you and i don't agree dunkirk was very good and john's I
2: thought, opinion is very bad I thought it was pretty yeah pretty you good. yeah yeah john i think we briefly talked about that online yeah your your Dunk your dunkirk takes aren't aren't right but um <laughs> as, as far as is as logan goes i feel like that is one of the films i've thought about that could um I could really use a rewatch on not because I didn't like it when I saw it. But I, I I mean, I really did. I liked it, you know, coming out of the theater is, you know, I was high on that movie as much as anyone else was, but I feel like because it came out so early in the year and because I haven't seen it again, like, I feel like if I did see it again, I would kind of remember more, thoroughly like how much I did like it and it and probably would I don't know if it would sneak into my top 10 but I think it would have been a film that got more consideration from me as I was putting together
0: my list um yeah uh, I wish that you considered it because it, it deserves it it's the fourth best one of the year Aaron <laughs> <laughs> not according <laughs> to Sarah yeah
2: sorry
0: uh, alright let's move along number three Sarah what do you got
1: uh call me by your name
0: Okay.
1: Because um, that was, I wasn't expecting to feel the way I did about it. So I was actually a little, so when I didn't know anything about it at all, and I actually completely forgot it's, even though it has the exact same title as a book that's been on my to read list for like five years, <laughs> I completely forgot like what the context of it was. And so all I knew was like Army Hammer Dates a Child. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> but then it slowly, like, the more people I knew that started seeing it, especially, like, Annie and all of my, like, LGBT friends, they were like, I loved this movie. I loved this movie. It's all I want to talk about. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, started getting, like, buzzed for the performances. And when I finally saw it, like, that movie fucking wrecked me. And I was just not ready for it to do that. I thought I would go and be like, oh, that movie was good. And instead I was, like, sobbing in my seat. Like, couldn't even control myself, (laughs) like. Uh, it was just like devastating in the best way. And then, uh, so my husband and I were talking about it afterward and we're like, that's maybe one of the few times in recent memory where like, when the camera is showing you, you know, this beautiful summer in Italy, it's like, I, it's like, I felt like I was like, the sun was warm on me. Like I felt like I was there. It's like, I thought I could hear like the sounds, like in the breeze. I was just like, I've never been so totally immersed like right.
2: this. Yeah.
1: Um, and so like the direction was really like out of this world. And then that, um, that, 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 Timothy, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Shalame. Um, yeah, he is phenomenal. He's so good. So nice. that is that is definitely my, my number three.
0: Haven't seen it. Excited that's, to
2: that's the movie this year that has been just so many people love it. And I think, yeah, it's okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I, I would, it, your passion for it, I would never be able to win any uh, <laughs> intellectual arguments yeah. uh, about this movie, <laughs> but it just, you know, it just didn't hit me. Um, uh, I agree with the, many of the things you've said. I think the performances are really good. I, I I don't know. I think there's just something about Luca Guadagnino. His last movie that came out last year, which was called A Bigger Splash, which had much lower profile and didn't have as many people just absolutely loving it, obviously, but definitely had people in the, you know, in the the online community that really kind of stuck up for that movie. And that was another one that was just like, yeah, it looks great, but I just, it just didn't make me really feel much, but uh, I'd say Call Me By Your Name is better than, than a bigger splash, though. Uh, I can see why people are so into it. it. It just it just didn't work on that way for me, unfortunately. Um, what did work for you? Number three. Uh, so number three is a movie that I th- I'm, I'm going to have to guess is on both of your lists uh, going forward. So I will just kind of stay brief about it. And, I mean, it's been talked about forever, all year. Uh, and that's Get Out. Um, mm. Yeah. Jordan Peele's movie, it's it's the best I think mix this year of uh, of genre. Um, it's one of the funniest movies of the year, despite all of the people who insist it is not a comedy. It's
1: not a comedy.
2: It is a comedy. It's a it's satire. Not a comedy. It doesn't matter that it isn't other things. It can still be a comedy. <laughs> it, formally, it works as a comedy. Um, but anyway, it's great, no matter what it is.
1: <laughs> it's a documentary,
2: Jordan. It's yeah, a documentary. <laughs> right. right.
0: Yeah, we'll, talk, comment, we'll talk. That yeah, comment is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal.
2: Um, the, the best thing about that, I'll just say this thing, since you just brought that up. When he tweeted that, uh, reading through the, The the replies Replies. from people were like even more amazing because like, I don't know if it was other people like kind of, uh, you know, being a little cheeky about it too. But like there were people who were like actually debating if it was a documentary (laughs) as if it, it was an actual documentary, right? which broke me. I, I mean,
1: it's my favorite
0: documentary that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can move on for we'll now. We'll talk yeah. more. We'll talk more. Uh, my number three is uh, the Big Sick, which is uh, definitely a comedy, but also drama uh, mm-hmm. about um, the real life story of its co-writers uh, Camille uh, Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was the funniest movie I saw this year. And I thought that it's, you know, the actual story, which is sort of too uh, surreal to be fiction, um, but I guess technically it is, um, was lovely. I thought uh, all the cultural elements were interesting and just kind of having him try to navigate the tricky waters of his uh comatose ex-girlfriends parents was <laughs> awkward and funny and delightful <laughs> and uh yeah again sort of like Logan this was a movie that I I introduced to a lot of people um and uh they all seem to appreciate that because um you know, some of the other films on my list are maybe not as approachable as this one, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, it worked. I've seen it twice now and, and really loved it both times. So big stick is my number three. I know I just said this about
2: Sarah's last pick, but I guess if it was another movie that just like everyone just decided it was like the best movie ever and was so great, uh, the big stick was another one of those. And I think I actually like the big stick more than call me by your name, but uh, that one just uh, like, it was good. Yeah. It was good. All right. That's it. <laughs> um, you want to, okay. So here's, here's a fun story. Uh, I saw the big stick while on vacation in uh, Los Angeles this year. And uh, I, there were two celebrity sightings in the theater Oh, nice. That I had, which was fun. Uh, one, the smaller one uh, sitting directly in the row in front of me uh, was Ben Schwartz. Do you guys know who Ben Schwartz is? John Ralphio. Yes, Aww. John Ralphio. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the the other who I had saw walk into, I think was right in front of us when we were buying tickets, but then I didn't know what movie they were going to see. And then they walked into the theater, as we were sitting in the theater and that was uh Quentin Tarantino, which was, oh, what? which was crazy. And to, to crazy two other crazy things about that is one, Tarantino is name checked. Now. No, he, he was quite far. He was sitting with his uh, girlfriend far away from anyone else. Um, <laughs> he, he is name checked in the movie, which was funny. um I don't remember what the context was, but I think Kumail's character talks about Pulp Fiction or something, I don't remember. But uh, the other thing is that he, it, it was announced the day after that he was getting engaged to his girlfriend. So I'm guessing the big, big sick was what tipped him <laughs> over to, you know, he needed to get married.
1: He must be, man.
2: Must yeah, be. One nitpick I have about that movie, and this like it's totally a nitpick, uh, and it's it takes place in Chicago. Obviously, I live in Chicago. I've been in Chicago for a very long time. Um, I guess it has less to do with actually Chicago, but so that but that. Uh, being set in Chicago is true to the story of his real, you know, the, the real story behind the movie. Um, Cause Kumel Nanjani lived in Chicago. This would have been like, what, 10 years ago or so, sure. but all of the cultural elements have been put into now times. Mm-hmm. So like he's playing himself, his version of himself 10 years ago, but it takes place now. So like Uber is a thing even though it wouldn't have been a thing when he actually was going through this, this is a very weird nitpick, but I think it's because I just, I followed Kumail's career. Like I've, I'm a huge fan of Silicon Valley of his stand-up, everything else that that sort of like time uh, shifts just like was very apparent and weird to me. Probably no one else thought this at all. Watching the movie ever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or Carrie not- at all. Yeah.
2: And I don't know why, but it's just weird. It's just See, a weird thing about
0: the movie to me.
1: Maybe Aaron's the real contrarian. Maybe it never was <gasps> yeah. Maybe it was Aaron all along.
0: <laughs> this is going to be something to watch going forward. And, th- um, and
2: that's that's not even a criticism. It was just a weird thing that I noticed. And I don't know. Stuck in my it, mind.
0: It was, it was a thing that you noticed that took you out of this fantastic movie. And that's the thing. <laughs> uh, Sarah, number two.
1: Uh, before I get to my number two, I have another... Correction: Where I want John, I want you to know that I would like to rescind my I uh, verbal eye roll at your love of Wonderstruck because I thought you meant Wonder, a movie <laughs> oh. I guess about an ugly child and that teaches everyone a lesson. And I was like, John, what the fuck?
2: Did you see? Yeah, did you see Wanda, not Wonder? Wonder, sir? No, they're not. No, did you I see Wonder? Uh, Wonder is probably better than Wonderstruck.
0: Oh. Stop it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: did you see did you see both of them a
1: lot of assumptions
2: wonder is okay so we're wonder not Stark, spend time talking about wonder Wonderstruck is is, is half the, the last act of the movie i think and wonderstruck is really great and beautiful uh wonder is just a very solid interesting movie it's a no. steven sposky the guy who did uh Perks being a wallflower all right let's uh, just yeah, not, not beat around the bush sucks. but <laughs> <Anyway>. wonder
0: <laughs> wonder wonder is the movie that every trump voter thinks should win best picture right. really <laughs> i'm guessing yeah because I mean, they made like 200 million dollars or something crazy yeah it was it's a big hit you don't um, do no, that so it's a good pleasant being... movie like an emotional drama without appealing to male america and i'm telling you that is going to they're going to be like well i didn't wonder get, just like lone survivor that year it's like yeah. why did <laughs> lone survivor get best picture those
2: movies are like completely different <laughs> you sure yeah no, i think they're pretty
1: similar uh, but my number two we already talked about which is why this whole conversation is fine my number two is get out
0: <laughs> oh my number two is oh, also shit. get out so let's just get out, out! <laughs> get it that's Yeah, the
1: name of the movie
0: uh, <laughs> alright cool so get out is your number two is my number two is Aaron's number three so Aaron it, was,
2: it was my number two until I kind of did a little bit of reshuffling at the
0: end wow yeah. everybody amazing.
1: loves get
0: out yeah that's uh, great tell us about it Sarah
1: I mean, it was good no no, i actually don't want to spend as much time talking about it so if you have more things to say uh feel free to jump in because my stuff is like aaron said we've been talking about it all year long i love it for all the reasons that everyone loved it uh yeah i uh it was important it was exciting for jordan peele's first you know directorial debut or whatever um and I can't wait to see what else he wants to do. I'm so excited for him and his career. I want him to keep making movies. Um, and I hope that all of them are as interesting as this one.
0: Um, it was a great theater movie. Yes, uh, I was just going to say that. I all saw it yeah. in theaters. And how much fun it was to be around people who were just sh- sh- shrieking and gasping. Yeah, and, like, absolutely, yeah. It was not as much of a horror, horror movie as I was expecting. Um, <laughs> but... It not that's not a that's not a negative. It's just like you would think that for something that everybody is literally vocally shouting about in the theater, that it's like like fucking scary and it's just creepy and unsettling and wild and all that stuff. And yeah. so, um, it was it was just unique. It it felt so fresh, especially in February. I mean, um, one of the great like things that I wonder about is uh, like what happens if they release this in October or something like that, and and. You know, I think yeah. it still is a hit. It still like makes a lot of money and is popular. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it lingers in the same way that it did for so many people because it got released mm-hmm. so in like this like baseline, where you know there's nothing else good that came out for like four months. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's great. I love it. It's so much fun. I've watched it twice. I watched it at home. It still it still like worked really w- really well. Um, so that was uh, that was great, and I really hope that. Um, the Academy recognizes it. Not that it, that matters necessarily, but it's just it's it'd be fun to see him uh, get a nomination or Daniel Kaluya probably my favorite performance of the year. I think if, if it's people.
2: if it's not nominated for screenplay, at the very least,
0: yeah, there's
2: be a something absolutely wrong. Because um, <laughs> I think the yeah, movie outlines
0: exactly what that is. <laughs> I think it's yeah.
2: I mean, I think it's far and away the best screenplay of the year
0: like Part far far universe. far and away um cool so that's both of our number twos so Aaron you're, your yeah number two is still, uh lingering so my number two um yeah. this is not my number two
2: uh, it is my number w- w- <laughs> it is my number one b
1: ah, uh, I see uh, uh, you're because so <laughs> you can't just skip numbers Aaron that's not
2: how many yeah is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, my top two films. I and I think that, that they're sort of hard to separate. This this movie I had number well, one. Why don't,
1: why don't you just talk about both of them at once? Because
0: fine, we're on number one after we're, this. We're
1: about to head to number one anyway, so why don't you want <laughs> to kick us off and talk about your your two number ones
0: okay
2: uh i wasn't planning on doing that but i i guess i can but first I'll, I'll mention what i i technically have at number two uh which is sean baker's the florida project okay. um man this movie uh is so good uh it it's since i've seen it it's been uh, i think it's been my number one film and i and I think just, and it was my number one film before I kind of shuffled things around a little bit. Like I said sort of previously, I didn't really have a, a real set number one. And part of that might be just because as I do a this sort of end of the year stuff. And I know it's detrimental to the process, but I don't really keep track of it throughout the year. So people would ask me like what my favorite film of the year was, you know, over the last couple of months. And this is usually what I've said is the Florida project. Um, But then when I really sat down and and thought about it, I I pushed it back to number two, but really for no fault of the film. Um, I mean, it's just... It's actually in 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 terms of its sort of tone. It, it is actually a little similar to Get Out in a way, in that it is both one of the funniest films in the year and just like a tragic, just like absolutely bleak uh, view of of the world, um, which is a really interesting dichotomy and one that I think turns a lot of people off <laughs> uh when i've heard some other people talk about this movie uh I, I think john you said you haven't seen it correct yeah that's right i haven't seen it yet sarah have you did you and you haven't seen it i'm guessing too uh
1: no i was one of those ones that i meant to see and then missed it
2: yeah yeah so i mean i'll just say that um Brooklyn Prince, who plays the, the young girl who lives in this uh, sort of Disney World estates, uh, daily motel that the, the film is completely set at, is, it, I mean, she is, she's as good as everything you've heard about her. Like, it's just like one of the most amazing child performances I've ever seen. And I feel like, I think that every couple of years one of those kind of pops up but she's just so like freaking natural and like has so much wonder and um, emotional intelligence for her age I think she I think the character is like six, six years old so it's very young and there are just these really amazing scenes set throughout this movie that it's just her and her friends like going around getting into trouble and it has this just totally nostalgic feeling of being that age, doing things that really aren't that bad, but you know you're not supposed to be doing them. Um, And it's set in this context of just complete poverty um, that would be really hard to take in another context. Uh, Sean Baker, I think, is just a brilliant Filmmaker, Uh, his last movie, Tangerine. Oh my God, I loved Tangerine. Similar in this sort of uh, mix of sort of the high and the low emotionally. Um, And I I think it's actually an improvement on Tangerine. It feels a little bit more focused uh, than Tangerine did, even though that's just a great sort of madcap chase film that. Also has the perspective of people that we don't see movies about and, uh, you know, totally treats these people with grace and with honesty and doesn't judge them, even though some of the things that they have to do uh, are easily judged. So it's, it's beautiful. Uh, And then I guess my number one then uh, is sort of similar in in a lot of ways, and it's actually a film that John had mentioned in his five to ten. It is the Safdie Brothers' Good Time. Nice, which man is just a roller coaster. Good time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like so amazing. I I walked out of the theater, and I feel like it's not really a movie that I. like you know how people say like this is a this is a movie that like i think about this movie like it's really stuck with me for some reason like that i just don't really work that way but whenever i have had to think about this movie like it just completely like it just is gross in an estimation in my mind um the Safdie brothers are very similar, I think, in their approach to film as Sean Baker is. They like to tell stories about people on the fringes of society and um, aren't willing to just completely condemn the actions that they, the circumstances of their lives force them to make. Um, this one stars Robert Pattinson. He is sort of this low-level kind of thuggy New York kid who... Um, uses his uh, brother uh, who I, I don't think they really specify what condition his brother has but it's it, I, I'm guessing he's on some sort of autism spectrum mm-hmm. and the character is actually played by uh, Benny Safty who's one of the directors um, in, a, in, a, in a in an interesting performance that I think you could could think of it as sort of a little over the top but um I think really works by the end of the film, and interestingly, um, uh, I, in interviews that I've heard with the directors, they they've been asked why they didn't use someone who had, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, who who had this sort of mental. Um, I don't know how, how you're supposed to say it now, but would have been in uh, had been on this autism spectrum like the character is supposed to be. And and they've said that they they really wanted to do that, but they just couldn't they couldn't think it was fair to them in how they were shooting the movie, that it, it, it would have just been too traumatic an experience for them, which I mean, I actually can kind of buy because i mean this it's just a harrowing movie um just like deep down one night in like a strange neon glow of new york city uh again places in places in the city that we just don't see movies really set um it's totally unglamorous while looking just like stunningly beautiful uh Uh, Robert Pattinson, I think it's my favorite male performance of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, he's just, uh, it's a cliche to call someone unrecognizable, but, uh, I, and I think we're to the point in Robert Pattinson's career where like, everybody says that about every movie he's in now, like just kind Mm -hmm. of thinking, yeah, this is the guy from Twilight still like 10 years later when he's made all of these crazy, amazing, interesting, thought provoking movies since then. Same with
0: Kristen Stewart. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and he's great. Uh, again, it's it's a character that you don't like, you're not supposed to really like. Um, and... I think, uh, a very sort of, uh, good natured liberal view of him, you know, you'd say like, well, you know, he's, he's in a, what, you know, he's in these circumstances, what can he do? But he's like a terrible, despicable person who just uses everyone, uh, in his path to, uh, trying to, um, survive really. Uh, and there's, there's, there's really no excuse for it, but he's just totally magnetic. Um, and it's, it's a really amazing, it's, it's a hard movie to watch, I haven't seen it a second time. I would like to, um, even though I know it's, it's, a, it's a pretty tough, tough, devastating ride. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, I really liked it as well. There's a guy, and I, can't, I was just on the IMDb. I couldn't f- remember what his character's name was, but he pops up about halfway through and kind of is with Robert Pattinson throughout the rest yeah. of the film whoever that guy is and i don't i understand he's not a professional actor but he was so magnetic and i'm I just, guessing you're talking about buddy duress who plays ray yeah, who's a guy exactly. he i won't spoil it but
2: he picks him up thinking it's someone else is that who I you're prefer, referring that's to that's yeah. Exactly yeah yeah he's he's been in um other um another the the last safety movie he was in so i had recognized him and he's in another been, movie that came out
0: this year it. randomly but yeah oh. he's great yeah um, and then the Safdie Brothers, uh, they've announced that their next film is going to be a remake of 48 Hours, <laughs> which right. is going to be something else. If you've seen yeah. it, <laughs> you know that that is not going to be a regular old remake. Uh, that, could so, go, that could go a number of different ways. It could go a number of different ways. <laughs> but I'm hopeful that, uh, that they can, uh, you know, do something and stay true to uh, what they've done so yeah. far. Uh, so What's cool. That? I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed that. I'm excited to see the Florida Project. Sarah, what is your number one?
1: Lady Bird. Nice. probably not surprising.
2: You know, Uh, that's probably what I would have guessed. Yeah. (laughs) Your number one was. Um,
1: No, I, uh, so I've sort of been following Greta Gerwig's career on and off uh, for a long time. Like, I think the first time I saw her in anything, it was in Hannah Takes the Stairs in, like, 2000 whatever like <laughs> when she was just like a baby
0: <laughs> um had anybody see Baghead? yes i've seen that oh, i
1: meant to but then i never did
0: yeah uh, i saw uh, do uh, pride, pride, Brothers. Brothers. pride yeah. <laughs> Festival in 2000 i think eight yeah wow.
1: um so but like I, I i remember when francis ha came out and i was like intrigued and then i finally watched it and they absolutely loved it um, and so, Lady Bird. I was sort of like, oh, I think I want to see that. Like, it's supposed to be pretty good. I really want to see it. And then I did. And this is so. This is something that I've been mulling over for a long time. Uh, so I'm about to write my first new essay for the News and Essential, probably on this very thing. A uh, few months ago, my husband asked me. We were talking about movies. We we're talking about directors. We we're talking about all these things that we love. He said you know, he loves P.T. Anderson because he just feels like he really connects to so much of what he talks about. He almost feels like those movies are being made for him. And Mm -hmm. I love that idea. And he's like, well, what, you know, what filmmaker do you think speaks to you? And I was like, oh, like none of them because they're all men for the most part. Like they're not speaking for me because they don't Mm -hmm. know anything about what it's like to be me. And it doesn't mean that they're not making beautiful movies that I love very, very, very much. Like, I mean, I love P.T. Anderson movies, but they're—they don't speak to me in this way. Where, like, in making Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig made a movie that's basically set at the exact same time I was in high school uh, about somebody from a background that's not that different from mine. Like, the fact that spoilers for ladybirds if anybody is going to see it i'm going to not do it too bad but i just don't want to ruin anything um like to see a dad getting laid off and trying to find his way back in the workforce in you know 2003 just like my dad was and to have parents that are like i don't want you to apply to these schools because we don't have money for that just like my parents said they're like we're not going to be able to send you there even if you get in dummy Um, and then, like, there's a scene, without saying too much about it, there's a scene where they go to the airport that is exactly like a fight I had with my dad when I was getting taken to the airport, uh, for study abroad. Like, I I was, like, I watched that scene and I just sobbed through the whole thing. I was, like, I've never connected so hard to anything in my life, like, I was, like, the only thing that could have made me connect to this movie more is if she didn't get into NYU. Like I
0: was
1: like, then I would be like, Oh, it's me. Hello. (laughs) Uh, But no, I, I think even beyond all of that, like very personal stuff, it's like uh, just such, such good performances and such like brilliant direction to like pull this out of people that I, I really love what she ended up coming out with. Like, I was so impressed. I was so impressed, and I can't wait for her to make more.
0: Yeah, same. I even I haven't even seen it, but I love Greta Gerwig and Frances Haas, probably one of my top ten favorite movies of the decade so far. Yeah. So uh, this one, you know, I know I have really high expectations for. I'm going to see it. I think this week, so um, I'm looking forward to that. And I
2: just just missed my list. It, yeah, it's 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 a movie that. I, kind of what you were saying and uh similar to wonder woman were just movies that i was like so happy to see with my wife um yeah because like you sarah i think this this movie just like totally spoke to the kind of person she was at that age and um i totally yeah i mean i just totally empathize with that and i think that's really amazing um and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like the perfect version of this kind of movie, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's just like, there's a few just totally amazing, just, uh, and, and they're not always even like the obvious jokes, mm-hmm. but like just things like that you just barely notice that are just yeah. so hilarious. Yeah. Um, there's one part with a nun At a school dance that is just kind of like in a background thing but like just I started laughing out loud for like a minute straight after that happened there's a scene with a football coach uh that is just like so ridiculous and off the wall and I mean maybe even a little too silly for the movie but it's just like so amazingly funny um and and I, I too love Greta Gerwig yeah
1: Your dog's a ladybird too I'm going to mute myself But so There was one other thing That I was going to say about it Which was just that uh, Somebody just I can't remember where I read it But somebody was saying how happy they were To see a movie where finally teens Were not cool Because all of these adults keep making movies about teens And being like yeah they love the Smiths And like all of these other really (laughs) cool bands And it's like (laughs) I fucking liked some garbage when yeah. I was that age. Like, I like that. That's that's a little bit more where we're at with this movie. <laughs> like, that made it feel a little more, a little more real. Where it's like, no, you don't always have good taste. You usually don't.
0: And how awesome! I'm assuming you probably saw the letters that she wrote to some of the bands asking for the rights to use the music.
1: Oh my god, I didn't.
0: Oh, you have to Google it. Oh, I will. She was like, she wrote a letter to Justin Timberlake. It was like, wow, you're Justin Timberlake. Like, how cool (laughs) is that? Oh, that's
2: great.
0: Uh, That's awesome. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I really want to watch it, too, and introduce it to my mom and sister. Because, again, Same age. My sister went to Catholic school. Yeah, uh, they had those fights. I don't think that my sister ever jumped out of a moving car, but probably close that you're to aware it. Of? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I guess it's time for me to unveil my number one film.
1: Can anybody
0: do a quick drum roll? I
1: don't
0: have drums. <laughs> Wait, why does uh, she get a drum roll? Yeah, right. Because it's the well, last. One the last heard. one. Uh, I feel bad. Like, Sarah just shared, like, a really like lovely story about why she connected personally to her number one. And my number one is, like, a dirty piece of shit called Mother. <laughs> 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 it's like, if I told you I connected personally to this movie, like, you would never want to speak to me again. And understandably so. Um, but the reason why I really love this movie is because it just felt so unlike, like, I was, it's September the worst time of year for movies, potentially. And I don't know, like, I, I, it's, it's hard to, like, go back to that time and remember, like, how I was feeling about just, like, life in general. Well, probably pretty shitty because it was 2017. Um, and I was, like, looking for something that just, like, was a breath of fresh air that was something like, I haven't seen before. And that was Mother. Like, there was no other movie that was so unique last year, and that's part of the reason why I liked it, even though I have some, like, small reservations about it. Um, but I remember um, another movie that was like a great theater movie for a lot of reasons um, one was that I saw it and there was like maybe 20 other people and I just like kept watching them all walk out which was hilarious and I think there was three of us left by the end of it um, and the other reason was because like sort of during the last like 20 to 30 minutes like I audibly exclaimed like almost at the top of my lungs what the fuck like multiple times because <laughs> I could not believe what was happening and how it was making me feel. But, um, it was just so, uh, just off the chain, crazy. And like it got under my skin and it made me feel uncomfortable. Um, and I felt emotionally wrapped up in everything. And I couldn't even tell you like why, uh, which maybe is not a great sign, uh, for me as a movie critic, but I, just the feeling I had walking out of that theater was like rejuvenation, and uh, which is kind of like what the movie's about. I guess <laughs> um, it's Darren Aronofsky's um, latest, and I'm a fan of his. Uh, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I thought, gave a really uh, incredible performance, and um, yeah, I guess that's why it was my favorite. It was not what I was expecting it to be. Um, and uh, so, you know, all the people that gave Paramount shit for marketing it poorly, like, I'd say bravo because I was just absolutely flummoxed by it.
2: Mother is not the kind of movie that ends up on two
0: through ten of anyone's list. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: It's it's number one or bust, I think, <laughs> for,
0: for most people. that it was going to be my number one as soon as I walked out of the theater, and I, there were so many things I hadn't seen yet, and still yeah. things I haven't seen, and I know it's still going to be my number one, and I know that two years from now, when I'm making my favorite movies of the decade list, it's not going to be my number one, probably, but it's going to be my top five. Mm-hmm interesting
2: I, I was just gonna say i am curious to see how it might hold up for you over i mean i guess it's been long enough now um since you've seen it that it's still kind of stuck there but yeah I'm, I'm i guess i'm curious to
0: see how how that movie ages with uh the people who really loved it i think that um one of the things i love about it is just like how different its two halves are and you've got mm-hmm. this first half which is like this Bizarre uncomfortable sort of almost comedy of manners where mm-hmm. she's got some welcome house guests and is just trying to like ask them to leave politely. Michelle Pfeiffer, who's just absolutely on fucking uh, fire. I,
2: you just reminded me of some website awards that I do uh-huh. and just send nominations in for yesterday. I totally forgot about Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, uh so- slap on my wrist. She should have been in my and my top five supporting actors performances.
0: An <laughs> psychopath. Yeah. And um, and then after that, just like everything that happens is impossible to describe. You have to see it. I don't recommend anybody see it. Uh, if you ask me, people ask. <laughs> this is you watched with your mom and your sister. Yeah, I skipped it with them. Yeah, but I'm like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh, uh, it's called Mother, but you definitely shouldn't see it because it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, it was great I loved it I think you're right too in uh,
2: calling out Jennifer Lawrence who I think her performance has sort of been dumped on probably because of how aggressively diversive the movie is but um, I mean I know some people who have said it's the best performance of her career and I definitely think so I mean that if I just think about what she does on screen and sort of you know, distance that
0: away of anyone's thoughts on the film. Um, But it's probably true. Yeah, I think so. I think it's without question. I'm not the biggest fan of hers as an actress. I think she's been good in some things, but other things maybe not so much. But this is just a film that I thought played perfectly to her strengths. And as somebody who likes Darren Aronofsky, but the one film of his I don't really like is Black Swan. um, Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, Uh, I really like that movie. Yeah, it's like this is the performance that like I kind of wish Natalie Portman gave in that movie. It's more personal preference than anything else. Like I know mm-hmm. that I'm I'm probably alone in thinking that. Um mm-hmm. but I just feel like this is this is just exactly what Jennifer Lawrence does right as an actress and I'd love to see her do more of them. Yeah. So those are lists.
2: I think that's a movie we need to get Sarah's opinion on. I'm guessing she hasn't seen it, but... I have
1: not. That's why I was quiet. But also, I,
2: uh <laughs>
1: I didn't see it was I fucking hated the trailer so much. <laughs> and my initial knee-jerk reaction was, uh, I don't... Uh, so I heard, without saying anything, because obviously I don't really know anything, uh, that the, her casting of Javier Bardem was like, very purposeful. Like, it was supposed to be on purpose that she's so much younger. And I was Uh like, well, that would work as any sort of statement if that wasn't also her entire career. Yeah, seriously. A bunch of fucking (laughs) gross directors being like, "Yeah, it's totally believable for you, this 21-year-old, to bang, like, 39-year-old Bradley Cooper. And I'm like, why are you doing this?
0: Because David O. Russell's a fucker.
1: So... (laughs) And then Aronofsky was like, I'll put my girlfriend in this movie. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, uh, so that just really turns me off because I think she's a fantastic actress who is constantly miscasting <laughs> things. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I don't that, know why you're not casting an adult woman instead of like not only a very young person, but somebody who looks even younger than they are, like kind of Leo DiCaprio style. She's got a baby face. But anyway, that's a totally different conversation. Uh, I'll i will say i'll see it but i'm pretty sure i'm lying because i don't think i care enough to see it
2: <laughs> i think i think more mother is more interested in, in i think i'm more interested in hearing what other people think about mother than i am of actually thinking about mother yeah. if that makes any sense i think <laughs> I get it. that's true
0: for me too and it was my favorite movie of the year but... <laughs> Aaron's uh, dog hates mother Aaron's Dog Hates Mother, I, hate uh, yeah. I want to know what movie Sarah hated, because you promised us two. I did. Uh, Your two, let's say, dog shit movies of the year. Yeah. Uh, those been?
1: So, I guess we're going to fight again, because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is some <laughs> fucking horse shit. I, I didn't,
0: I mean, it wasn't I, my top ten list. No I, I,
1: no, I hated it. Like, I hated it on such a visceral level where I was just like, that movie sucked and that was a waste of time. Like, I, thought it I laughed at some jokes, uh-huh. but it was sort of like, the jokes were like, they might as well have just been like doing like a fourth wall break or whatever. And just looking at the camera and telling me a joke periodically for how much I gave a shit about anything else happening in that clusterfuck of a movie.
0: Like, so it was exactly like make, the first one.
1: Nothing made any goddamn sense at all. And like, I don't, I don't even know. I haven't like, I saw it when it came out and then I was mad about it. And I haven't really thought about it since, except when Sorry. I was making, Sorry bring that up. I saw <laughs> this year and I was like, yeah, fuck that movie. But my more contentious choice, because it's on a lot of people's best movies list, is uh, A Ghost Story, which I really, really did not like. Oh my god, that movie is such a fucking pain. And the trailer is the whole movie. It's just, it's the whole movie. If you want anything that's not in the trailer, I guess just watch the trailer again (laughs) until it makes 90 minutes, because it's the whole movie.
0: Yeah. So that I, sucked,
1: and that's not necessarily the movie's fault, but at the same level, like, I watched it being like, oh, I can't, these scenes are so gorgeous, this is so beautiful, I can't wait for them to really delve into all these things they've sort of set up, oh, they're not gonna, uh, they're not gonna do that, they're just sort of, you know, fly right by, and then um, Rooney Mara is gonna eat a pie, and everyone's gonna shit their pants over it, even though, yeah. like, I wanted to rip my eyeballs out like that scene was torturous and people would be like that was the point because it's grief and i was like that's fine i don't care though i hated it and i'm just that i
0: hated it it was the longest 90 minute movie oh my god it felt like it was
1: two and a half hours long and it was 90 minutes
2: the best thing about that scene sorry the best thing about that scene was uh the Admission that apparently Rooney—it was the first time Rooney Mara had ever eaten pie, (laughs) which is. I'm
1: worried about her. Then what's is she okay?
2: Bizarre. No, she's like a billionaire. (laughs) Like
1: billionaires don't eat pie. Her
2: parents. I, I mean I guess oh, no. not. I don't know. Oh,
1: I guess I don't understand.
2: She, she's not she's not like a real person. Her parents own the New York Giants. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> You know, we can't we can't treat them like they're actual people. So you can't be surprised yeah. by it, but it's still very strange that someone who's that age has never eaten pie. Yeah. Cuz that's such a broad thing. Like There's a lot I can of see someone saying, pie. I've never eaten never eaten pecan pie oh that's yeah, ah, like, yeah. well, strange you you've lost out on a lot of great things but i mean I've never
1: had any pie in general have you about had anything it,
2: that's pie shaped
1: yeah the last thing i'll say about it is that there's another scene at a uh, at a party with a uh guy uh sort of gives like a little monologue and it's basically everything, uh, will I, hold on, I think. Yeah. It's everything I hate about storytelling that I think is bad. Where it's like the movie did not trust me to be able to figure out what it wanted to tell me. So instead of either trusting me or doing a better fucking job of making their point, they had a guy stand up and deliver this fucking like ten minute monologue about all of his ideas about everything and I was just like this is the theory no, of no party would ever ha- would this ever happen somebody would interrupt <laughs> him and be like you shut the fuck up Jerry we've heard this before no one would <laughs> these are the kind of
0: quietly saying the kind of,
1: like they're being lectured in like a fucking university setting just like oh, I, I gotta take notes on this genius and overalls.
2: Uh. Said people who've never eaten pie go to. So, I mean,
1: I I can't stand that. I can't stand it because it makes me think that the director thinks that I'm stupid, and that bothers me. When I'm like, no, you're just not good at this. (laughs) Fuck you.
0: (laughs) I thought for sure that one of your uh, disliked movies, especially when you said that it was one of the uh, critically acclaimed movies, was Three Billboards. Right, oh right! Is
1: actually in my rest category where, like, I like Francis McDormand in it so much, and I actually really liked Woody Harrelson too. Like, I kind of like him almost all the time.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I, I hated the Sam Rockwell plot, and I hated that Sam Rockwell is getting any recognition for that part because he just—he's a fantastic actor. I actually, I really like him in a lot of other things, but that role can fucking eat shit. Yeah, that's not the—that is not the part that needs an award this season. Like, it's it's just not. So, so oh, insane. Yeah, especially because I was like, next to Army Hammer and Call Me by Your Name, fuck no. Like, Army Hammer was way better. But anyway, yeah,
2: it was okay.
1: I guess, but I don't want to see it win awards because there's better, a lot of other better stuff this year. So,
2: your sentiment is right, but the the real best male support—I mean, uh, he's not going to be willing to float the Oscars. It's not going to happen, and it shouldn't. But uh, Barry Keogh of uh, wow. uh, Killing the Sacred Deer—that is the best supporting actor performance didn't of the me, year. Though.
0: Well, you should.
1: No, I missed it.
0: <laughs> um. All right, so I guess those are our top 10 lists. Um, hit us up with some feedback. You can tweet at us at The You can <laughs> like us on Facebook. Actually, at don't Cine at
1: the... me if you don't like my mix. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't
0: care. <laughs> uh, Get the mute button ready. Yeah. You can like us on Facebook and leave us comments there at The Cine um, And we would also love it if you can. Uh, go on to itunes subscribe to the podcast leave us a review um that will help us uh help other people discover and enjoy the show um want to thank the hemmingbirds for the use of the song half a second off their album half a second which you heard at the top and i haven't done this in a while am i forgetting anything important
1: (laughs) Ah. Yeah, you I know, mean, I don't know. Just come come back the next time we do one of these, which will be, we don't know when, sometime. Oh, uh, like it, will it we be 30 out. seconds? Will it be an hour? We don't know. Will it John will. have seen Beauty and the Beast? Probably not.
0: Not. <laughs> <laughs> you will know when I do. Um, but in the meantime, yes, definitely uh, keep an eye out for more podcasts. Uh, we're going to continue them, even though the site's changing and the format will change. We're not exactly sure how. But uh, if you enjoy listening to us talk for uh, going on an hour and 40 minutes, then you Mm -hmm. should enjoy our shorter episodes in the future. And um, check out the site, com, for our new blogs and uh, fun stuff there. So thank you all, and thank you for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Bye! Paddington 2, best movie of 2018. Calling it.
1: You heard it here first.